People like games. So, here we are for the final part of our Pokemon retrospective, where we've been covering the history, development, and gameplay changes of Pokemon that got us to where we are today. If you haven't already, check the links below for the first three parts where we covered the origins, battle mechanics, and the soft reboot. Today, we're going to take a look at the current era of Pokemon, starting with Generation 6, or what I like to call the gimmick era of Pokemon. And while a lot of these ideas were cool in concept, their poor implementation, lack of staying power, and overall quality of the game surrounding them have led to this being one of the most divisive, dare I say, worst stretches of Pokemon games. Don't take this the wrong way. I was basically born with a Game Boy in hand, and I've been behind this series ever since, but the Pokemon company needs to drastically change to keep up with the times and realize their audience consists of more than just the new children discovering the game for the first time. So sit back while I explain to you where all this hate is coming from and why a game like the upcoming Pokemon Legends Arceus is my biggest hope for the franchise going forward. It all starts with Generation 6, Pokemon X and Y. Side note, these are still the only games in the series, aside from Gen 8 with its DLC, without any sort of follow-up title. The long-awaited Pokemon Z is gone. And I'll be real for a second, aside from the gimmick of Mega Evolution being the coolest thing to happen to Pokemon to date, this was probably one of the worst games from a veteran's perspective. Last week, I told you about the consideration given to veteran players as well as newbies with the release of Generation 5. But somewhere along the way, veterans were dropped off. A theme we'll continue to see with the next two generations. Complaints about easy rivals and busted EXP share would all start here, and the game suffered from a complete lack of difficulty because of it. To me, Pokemon's 3D debut is always going to have this mark held against it. But onto the gimmick, Mega Evolution. Still my favorite gimmick personally, Mega Evolution allowed certain Pokemon to exceed their normal evolution line for a new temporary evolution, more along the lines of how Digimon function. This new evolution usually came with broad stat buffs, although in some cases a stat could fall like speed, and sometimes even a type change. Mega Gyarados, still not a dragon. Once you acquire the proper Megastone and give it to the associated Pokemon to hold, the holder could Mega Evolve at any point in the battle when on the field. You can only Mega one Pokemon per battle, so if it faints, you've lost it, but if it's sent back to your party, it will remain in its Mega form for the rest of the battle. These transformations were honestly mostly really cool and sometimes pretty meme-worthy, which we'll take a look at Super Saiyan 3 Mega Ampharos now. But there was a pretty big problem with Mega Evolution when it came to Pokemon's competitive scene. While not all introduced in X and Y, as Megas would return in Let's Go and the Generation 3 remakes, Megas were often given to already really good Pokemon, like Salamence, Garchomp, and Tyranitar, three pseudo-legendaries viable in their own right. While others were certainly helped by Mega Evolution, it didn't have as big of an impact as it could have on the metagame by shaking things up with previously unusable Pokemon. While Beedrill is a slight exception, finding a big niche for its speed, Pokemon like Mega Kangaskhan eclipsed all of them when it was introduced with its parental bond ability, basically allowing it to attack twice every turn and almost forcing it onto every online battle team trying to rank up. It's important to think about Pokemon from a competitive standpoint from here on out, because without harder difficulties and more post-game content, veteran players can really only look forward to online battling as a way to realize the potential of the game, at least while Game Freak continues to cut corners. Moving on to Generation 7, the only so far without a traditional gym formula, I personally enjoyed the Alola region. 
While it didn't always hit, the effort on the story doesn't go unnoticed, and even something as weird as the island challenge mechanic was enough to invest into a new region. Z-moves, not so much though. Replacing Mega Evolution, for the original Sun and Moon at least, Pokemon would hold new Z-Crystal items to buff up one of their existing moves. Z-Crystals came in two varieties, by type or Pokemon specific. We'll take Pikachu for example. If Pikachu is holding the Electrium Z, once activated, one of its electric moves will become Gigavolt Havoc, the electric type Z move that any Pokemon can use. However, it could also hold Picanium Z, and when holding this crystal, Pikachu must know Volt Tackle. If it does, Volt Tackle will become its signature Z move, Catastropica, probably one of the worst named moves of all time. While Z moves did offer a lot more utility to a lot more Pokemon, the one time use was a hit or miss. Sure, it could be used to overcome a specific barrier, but after its use, the holder no longer benefits from the item. Even worse, it has no item at all. In the follow-ups, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, both Megas and Z-Moves would coexist, if only for one game. While no doubt cool and honestly fun to have in your party, this didn't do anything to fix the inherent issues with the gimmicks themselves. But we'd scrap them both in Generation 8, easily the most controversial games to date. In the transition to the Switch, it seemed abundantly clear that cutting corners was way more important than a quality game. Let's throw up one of those Genshin Impact comparisons, because this mobile game, upon release, was substantially higher quality than a game produced by the literal largest franchise in the world. And I'm not one to snob about graphics, especially on the Switch, but after Breath of the Wild's insane praise on launch, we all knew the Switch and Pokemon were capable of so much more. And that's not to mention the Dexit controversy, removing roughly 400 Pokemon outright from the game, with the excuse being graphical quality and better animations. If you spent any amount of time online or in the wild area, you'll see the frame rate drops to prove that quality was not of any concern. For once though, the saving grace was the gimmick. Dynamax proves itself by combining some of the best aspects of both Mega Evolutions and Z moves. Dynamax and its Pokemon specific Gigantamax is a three turn buff to any Pokemon on your team, but once again is only available once per game. Not only did your Pokemon receive stat buffs, notably doubling their health for three turns, but all of their moves would receive buffed forms like Z moves. Gigantamax Pokemon would receive their own specific move with a new effect. This variety and availability among all Pokemon allowed for tons of counters to develop, and in many cases, gave a lot of Pokemon more staying power. I've played hundreds of hours of Pokemon Sword, and it's a game that I eventually found myself enjoying a lot despite its faults, but faults there were many. And the addition of a few hundred Pokemon in the DLC didn't do a whole lot to fix the problems of the base game. And of course, Dynamax was not present in Brilliant Diamond or Shining Pearl, and now it's safe to assume it won't be back come Generation 9. For the last three generations, the overall quality of the main series games has been tanking noticeably, most prominent in Sword and Shield and the infinitely glitchy Generation 4 Remix. But the Pokemon Company has finally opened up a unique avenue to take the franchise that old and new players will be able to enjoy from a fresh new angle. That comes with Pokemon Legends Arceus. Legends Arceus seems like the first time in a while that the Pokemon Company has been listening to fans. I know I've been asking for a free-ranging RPG for years, and although we already know it isn't fully open world and graphically isn't quite there yet either, this could represent a new split in the Pokemon fandom, giving veterans something brand new to tackle, while new players can still be introduced to the series as it was originally envisioned. But we'll see how it all goes with the release of Arceus. For now, 
I've been Reggie. This has been the People Like Games History of Pokemon. Let us know what you want to hear next. Like, subscribe, ring the bell, all that YouTuber stuff. We'll be back with some new content soon. Peace.